0: Now for Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101
1: ESPN. Away we go! It's Scoops with Danny Mac. We do this every day at 10 a.m. on 101 ESPN six five seven eight zero six five seven eight zero. The text line is open. And a serious question: What if someone has to go to the bathroom on the way to Chicago? Uh, do 41 cars stop at a gas station? I'm I'm not sure. I don't think that they have to stop at the exact gas station, Scotty. I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I, th- I, I think they're allowed to stop at various gas stations and, you know, let human nature take its course.
2: Randy said they had to be staggered. So I was thinking, I would too, think like, so. Oh, man, a line of 41. One person gets off. we go zoom, zoom, zoom? So you're headed to uh, Kansas City this weekend? I am. My girlfriend's family is in Kansas City, so I get to go spend the weekend with them.
1: Okay really
2: looking forward to
1: that any uh, special occasion
2: no we just we we moved back home to st louis here in july so we haven't gotten back over there since uh either april or may
1: okay good for you in a couple of months all right so, have a good weekend well, thank you dan uh, visiting with alex ferrario in studio we'll preview the game two canucks blues coming up later tonight and you can hear that on 101 espn all right john mozalock on a zoom call yesterday cardinals are canceled for today as the cardinals Head to Chicago, doubleheader scheduled for tomorrow as they restart their season. Fingers crossed with a doubleheader tomorrow. Then a day game on Sunday. Potentially doubleheader Monday, day game, no, night game on Tuesday. Then maybe a doubleheader on Wednesday. That's the idea is what I'm hearing. So what does the Cardinals schedule look like all weekend long?
3: We do think there's a chance we could play this weekend. Uh, We're scheduled to play two on Wednesday saturday against the white Sox, and we probably could have tried to get tomorrow night's game in but from our medical staff's perspective they thought getting one extra day not gathering made the most sense and so we had requested that we could push friday's game to saturday they agreed and um you know, obviously we're still going to we tested today we're still hopeful we come back negative we anticipate that to be the case and then, of course, we'll test uh, tomorrow. And really, we'll be on a sort of a daily testing regimen, um, at least for the first road trip.
1: All right, first road trip then through Chicago. You got the White Sox, you got the Cubs, and you got a lot of new faces added to the roster, and that includes one Dylan Carlson. We will be adding
3: three additional players to our Springfield site with uh, Pedro Pages, Brian Dabowski, and Kramer Roberts, Robertson, and they've all been cleared, and so they're participating. They will begin participation. We also have some some moves at the major league level, and um, all these gentlemen I'm about the list will be making their uh, really their major league debut when they play. So Dylan Carlson, Seth Elledge, John Nagowski, we will recall uh, Mr. Sanchez, and we will have Rob Kaminsky also added. Um, we will probably designate Sanchez as our ninth man for the doubleheader. And subsequently, then we'll have corresponding moves throughout the, the week because we play doubleheader on Saturday, doubleheader on Monday, doubleheader on Wednesday.
1: So that's John Moselock on some of the moves. This is from the 618. Who's on the bump tomorrow, Danny Mac? So game one, it looks like Adam Wainwright. How far could he go I don't know game two would be a bullpen game i would assume game one is like a bullpen game two because i just don't know how far Wayno could go remember these uh, double headers are only seven any games and then uh, game three of the series would be dakota hudson so by my count looking at a 28 man roster this is the way i have it the pitchers Let's just say if you had a five-man rotation, this would be a five-man rotation. I really don't look at it as a five-man rotation, but these would be the starters in no particular order. You've got Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, Kim, Daniel Ponce de Leon, Adam Wainwright. Then your bullpen, if you want to call it that, Henesis Cabrera, John Gant, Alex Reyes, Jake Woodford, Tyler Webb, Andrew Miller, Elledge, Kaminsky. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. You're out there, and you think of somebody else that I'm missing. Your catchers then would be Andrew Kisner and Matt Wieders. Your position players would be Matt Carpenter, Tommy Edman, Paul Goldschmidt, Brad Miller, Max Schrock, Colton Wong. You have added Nagowski. Your outfielders are Harrison Bader, Dexter Fowler, Tyler O'Neill and dylan carlson so that's your 28 man roster sanchez is added for game two of the doubleheader. so you got 15 pitchers going into the series beginning tomorrow that's the way that it looks like um, one of the concerns clearly is that opening day for the cardinals was three weeks ago tomorrow that's when jack flaherty lasts through Uh, You've only played five games. You've had a couple of workouts that have been interspersed between the five games and Saturday. (laughs) Rust. You haven't played. You haven't seen a lot of teams. You've had these workouts interspersed. Guys are probably hitting off a tee at home if they have that. Adam Wainwright was throwing into a net long toss at home. So, rusty, rusty, rusty. That's got to be a concern going into teams that have been playing a lot of baseball between when you've been playing and now.
3: You know, you, you put a lot of trust and faith in, in what players have been trying to do when they've been at home. And, uh, you know, overall, I feel like the the, the vibe of, of the group has been very good. And so, you know, candidly, I, I, I suspect that might look a bit rusty but we're happy to be back playing baseball so you know, that's what we hope
1: Yep, and i think that's what uh, everybody's hoping for you're just happy to play baseball i've had a lot of fans say you know what just just throw the season away i'm done well and i get it you're frustrated there's a lot of people frustrated players i'm sure are frustrated they want to get back on the field they want to do what they love they love to play baseball um but what makes this fun for me this weekend for sure is that they're back playing baseball number one and from my perspective I can't wait to watch Dylan Carlson I want to watch this kid play good bad and different and I don't want to put too much pressure on him he's not the savior he's just a good player I want to watch him play that's important to me I want to watch this kid play that's something you have to think about going forward too so the Cardinals do get that second chance
3: you know everybody's aware that. We are getting this second opportunity and we need to make the most of it. And everybody needs to be accountable for themselves and expectations of what that looks like are gonna be very high and um, we will not tolerate mistakes. And I don't want it to make it seem like we are upset with where we have come from. Because again, anybody could get this. It can happen to any business, any company any team, but there still has to be a level of responsibility. And for us, you know, our season now has been shrunk in a number of days. And so therefore, the commitment has to be um, that much more demanding and higher than where we were
1: three weeks ago. So the question would be, can they get the, the full season in? Only five games have been played. Um, can they get this in? Can they get to 60 games? Can they get to maybe 58? And if there's playoff implications, do you play a doubleheader to get to what might be 60? That's something that's been talked about. Ken Rosenthal of Fox.
3: The current plan is for them
2: to resume on Saturday. And as you mentioned, they played only five games. And on Saturday, there will be only 44 days left in the season. Right now, the league is working with the union, trying to finalize the rest of their schedule, the whole thing. And the players want more doubleheaders, actually, than you would think because they want off days as well. Now, the league actually believes there is a way still for the Cardinals to get close to 60 games, if not to 60, with doubleheaders. What they could do is play 58 and then make up one more doubleheader the day after the regular season ends. So all of these questions we've raised about competitive integrity, if this team can only play 45 to 50 games, they might not be relevant because the plan is if they can get this all worked out to get as close to 60 as possible.
1: Well, if you love baseball, you're going to get plenty of it. That means probably eight, maybe seven, eight doubleheaders, maybe nine before this season is through. And the season will be done in late September. What do you think?
2: Well, they've played uh, six doubleheaders in the last three years. So
1: <laughs> that'd be a lot of doubleheaders. Seven inning doubleheaders. Um Interesting from the competitive standpoint, how you manage those games. That would be kind of fun to watch that. Yeah. It's going to be fun to watch Dylan Carlson. I want to watch Andrew Kisner. At least initially, I want to see Tommy it's short. Can he handle it? That's something to watch out for. Uh, Where do you play Dylan Carlson? Is he going to play center? Is he going to play right? Going to play left? Maybe play all three because in doubleheaders, you're going to switch guys around. You're going to want to get guys off their feet, too, a little bit. That's something to think about. Um, guys have not played. So you have the, the the players that have been in Springfield. They've been in these, quote-unquote, competitive games. So if you're Mike Schilt, do you want to maybe have some of those players playing with the ones that you're trying to get back in competitive games? So Wong hasn't been playing. Goldsmith hasn't been playing. Dex hasn't been playing. Carpenter hasn't been playing. Weeders hasn't been playing. O'Neill hasn't been playing. In a way, it's unfair to say, well, good, just go get the White Sox. They've been playing for three weeks. You haven't. That's tough to just throw out a major league lineup of guys that have not been playing, where these other guys have been at the satellite camp, and then they've been at least seeing live pitching. I, I want think, to mix it up a little bit.
2: Right. I think this season, is, as a fan, is going to be all about what you want to make of it. If you want to look at it where, hey, the Cardinals have to make the playoffs, and it's all about this competitive balance, then... You probably aren't going to have as much fun if you're like, oh, my gosh, Cardinal baseball is on the field. Look what we're watching. Dylan Carlson's up. Everything you just listed. I mean, I am so excited hearing you talk about all of those things because that's my outlook on the season. I'm just ready to see him play.
1: The other point is this is Major League Baseball. This is big boy stuff, right? Um, And no one's going to feel sorry for you. The White Sox tomorrow, they don't care. They're going to try to beat you cubs on monday they're playing great baseball they're going to try to beat you they're trying to go to postseason play they don't care they could care less right they don't care they want to beat you that's another chance to separate themselves from the cardinals and other people in the central division so you put out the best team to try to compete i also think this is where mike schilt is at his best mike schilt is really good really really good um and I'm sure that's the message that he and Mo and others are saying, is that no one's going to feel sorry for you. you got to go out and play. Um, and maybe this is a way that the team uses it as a rallying cry. It's like, hey, no one's feeling sorry for us. Let's go out and play. And And players want to play. Take the money out of the equation. Players want to compete. This is why they are elite. This is why they're the best in the world at what they do. They compete. This is why they've separated themselves from others in this sport because they're unbelievable at what they do and they are um so you know we'll see it, it's going to be but here's the reality it's going to be very tough i mean that's the bottom line it's not easy that's there's also the reality of this um the other part of this too is that when you get the first wave of guys that have been hit by COVID 19 you're going to get them back and they also have to get their timing back and that's yachty and whitley and de young and ravello and some of the others and then you hope to get the second way back um and it, I've, I've said it from day one it's not just like okay well they're back they've had the negative test they've gone through the protocol and and there's paul de young batting cleanup and he's back to being paul de young i wouldn't think it's just that easy so it's 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 going to be tough but to the greater picture as a fan um I'm looking forward to seeing baseball.
2: I think fans are going to forget about that, too. If the Cardinals are rolling, played, you know, 10 games in the next week with the doubleheaders, and all of a sudden you see Paul DeYoung or Yachty come back in, you're going to be thinking, it's like, oh, well, they've been they've been playing, they've been working. Like, when you see him back in the field in the Cardinal uniform after seeing Cardinals baseball for so long, you might forget in your brain that these guys haven't seen action from July 29th with these guys that uh, tested positive for COVID.
1: Oh, believe me, these players are itching to get back. I mean, that, there's going to be a sense of urgency with these guys, the Cardinals. They're fired up, man. And think about what these guys have been through, too. Testing every day, you know, the mon- monotony of, of being quarantined and what they went through in Milwaukee and going downtown to Bush Stadium and swabs and things of that nature. But again, you know, White Sox could not care less. Cubs could not care less. They want to beat them. But hey, that's the beauty of competition, baby. They, that's big league baseball so hey we'll have it for you it's gonna be fun that's the way i look at it i try to stay positive and again watching carlson watching edmund watching kisner watching these guys play and that's what i look forward to so baseball is coming up hopefully this weekend we got hockey though tonight craig Barubi, it's game number two big one for the blues blues in vancouver and uh craig baruby what's your message going into game number two
3: well, we, we always look at stuff and try to improve on things that we can do better. So we went over that. And um, the other thing is just, you know, moving on from last game. Uh, you know, in the playoffs, you got you got to move on from things. You can't dwell on a loss or you, you can't, um, you know, think about a win too much. you got to move on. It's a new game tomorrow. And, uh, you know, we got to try to just play a little bit better. I mean, I think that going into the third period, we, I thought we carried the play. But in the third period, we made a couple mistakes, as we've been doing in some of these games. And uh, it's costless, so we've got to clean that up.
1: All right, we'll talk it over with Alex Ferrario. That'll be coming up. And also, just a final thought on uh, the soccer folks. It was an honor and a privilege to be able to be a part of that yesterday. It was a great day in St. Louis. So to Carolyn kendall Betts and to Jim Cavanaugh and Tom Strunk, congratulations to those great people doing wonderful things here in St. Louis. We'll talk it over with Alex. We'll talk about game two, big one coming up on 101 ESPN.
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: all right we have the blues coming up on 101 espn it is game number two the blues and the vancouver canucks alex ferrario will have the pregame show alex what time is that coming up tonight 5 30 dan and oh i'm sorry 4 30 pregame five thirty puck drop
4: i was just so excited that it's not a 9 30 <laughs> puck drop that i yes. jumped to conclusions there i'm so happy about that i think everybody's happy about thank that thank you get some interaction on the postgame show because people aren't going to bed by the third period <laughs> puck
1: drop so gosh give us more 530 starts please yes i'm with you on that one you do such a great job on these games so um let's start with game number two tonight what needs to change for the blues to even up this series
4: well, one thing for sure, Dan, is discipline. Um, spending six power play, or giving the team six power plays, spending six total um, separate occasions in the penalty box really hurt this team. Um, but other than that, I, I think the Blues need to find a way to find that extra gear in the third period. If you go back and watch that game, um on wednesday night dan the first and second period were superb in my eyes because the four check was there these guys were going hard 20 minutes each they really never gave up on the puck and even when they gave up a goal they kind of kept pushing but it was that third period that kind of dipped off from the blues the inability to clear their own zone and when that first goal went in to give vancouver that 3-2 lead It felt like heads dipped in that scenario, and they just didn't kind of find that extra gear. And that's not, that's uncommon for this Blues team because usually once you hit the third period, they're the team that can outplay the opposition because the opposition gets tired and the Blues find that next gear. So, in my eyes, tonight it's going that next gear to beat Vancouver because this team, they're young, they're hungry, they will not
1: give up on the puck. If you have a question, by the way, for Alex, a Blues question, 65780. I've been very steadfast that I thought uh, since the Blues got to the bubble that their goaltending, whether it's Jake Allen or Bennington, they've been pretty good that third period Bennington a couple of those goals let in that's on him what do you think
4: yeah you know and if if we had the opportunity which unfortunately we don't to talk with Jordan Bennington after a game like that I I would I would guarantee you he would say that Stetcher goal that made it 3-2 he wanted that one back and it was something that I noticed in the game that was very uncommon for Bennington now compared to Bennington of the past he kind of got frustrated with himself on that one if you watch it the goal gets through him it squeaks through is his leg pad and his in his elbow and he kind of dips his head backwards and you could see the eyes and frustration yeah. of Bennington and this is a guy who nothing affects him I mean we all know the phrase do I look nervous um it, it looked like it affected him a little bit there and look the the difference between that game last night and Bennington in the playoffs last year was that one extra save and I'm not saying he's the reason they lost because penalties were really the reason that they lost But you're looking for that one save from your goaltender, right, Dan? Like that Boston game seven blues were the worst team in the first period, but they came out on top because Bennington stood on his head. That third period was where the blues needed that extra save. So not the best with Jordan Bennington, but if you go and look at the numbers, this guy rebounds probably the best in the NHL in terms of goaltenders now from a loss going into the next game. So I would, I would, I feel confident in saying that Bennington is going to be a factor in tonight's game.
1: Three, one, four, Terrace. Cinco three gears behind. I, I happen to agree he's, he's kind of been non existent. What do you think? I actually think he's been existent. Well, but- let's cut your mic, okay? This <laughs> Turn is a- him off, Scotty. Come on. Turn him off. No.
4: I think he's been existent, but only in spurts, not for a full 60-minute game. And to the texter's point, Dan, he's he's three gears behind in terms of defensive responsibility. That third goal that was scored against the Blues uh, on Wednesday, that was Tarasenko not getting the puck out of the zone. This guy, if he's on the ice, he's going to have to be defensively responsible. And when he has the puck on his stick, there can't be passing. There can't, it's got to be North-South-style hockey of getting the puck out of the zone. I think offensively he looked strong in terms of going to the net creating offense he's not hesitating on shots he's just taking them and right now I think that's what you want from a sniper who hasn't played in nearly a year just take shots sooner or later one's gonna bounce through and then that's gonna kind of put some confidence in him but I don't know if he's three gears behind but I'd say he's probably at least a gear behind the other players right now and rightfully so for how much time he's missed 314 update on Sammy Blay Sammy Blay skated yesterday now, Craig Berube, in all of his wisdom, keeps that very close to his chest of if Blay is going to play tonight or not. And, you know, he didn't skate the other day with a team. I believe it was Wednesday for the morning skate. He just wasn't ready to go, but he skated with a team yesterday. So if I ha- if I were a betting man, which sometimes I think that I am, but I'm not good at it. I would say he'll be in the lineup tonight because if he was skating with those guys, that's usually a scream from the team saying, okay, he'll be here. But who knows, honestly, Baruby said he could miss some time, so it could be a game-time decision.
1: How about Steen? What have you heard about him?
4: So Steen right now, from what they're telling us, is day-to-day, meaning he's just banged up right now. Too much to get on the ice. And if you remember correctly, when they got into the bubble, Dan, he was unable to play in the first game, and then he played, and then he didn't play, and then he played again. So I think it's just something that's still nagging him laying over from the season into training camp. Uh, So that's another one that'll be a game time decision. But look, I I think the Blues want to play it, play it safe with Steen because he's an older guy and he, of course, is a veteran and a very key component to your team. So it wouldn't surprise me if he sat out another game to make sure that he's 100% for, you know, if they're tied up in a series or down by two. 3-1-4,
1: time to move Thomas to the top line to create some offense.
4: (sighs) I don't know if it's time to move him to the top line, but it's time to move him to a line with Vladimir Tarasenko. The top line, Shen and Schwartz, I think, looked really good together. And you could put Thomas up on that top line and move Shen to the wing. But I know Shen really likes being... On the center position, so I'm not sure how that would work, but I, it, to me, it might be time to shift Vladimir Tarasenko to align with um, with Robert Thomas to see if they can create some chemistry. And another one, Dan, that I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see is maybe you get a Jordan Cairo in there. I That's mean, we Van- just asked about earlier. Right Vancouver's here. got speed; you saw it. And the what I mean, you could combat speed with speed with Jordan Cairo, and there was a spurt in the season that had Sammy blade, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas playing together for a few games. They weren't the greatest, but they created offensive chances. And I think as we saw in that game Wednesday, you need offense. So this is really good power play. And I saw a lot of people on post game uh, on uh, social media is kind of saying, Oh, well, the officiating was calling whistles too much. I actually thought it was more the blues. I, I mean, it was sticking fractions. Once again, it was hooking. It was a tripping call. It was a holding call. And then it was frustration in that third period. Petrangelo took a penalty and the face off Sanford got a misconduct. So the blues and Craig Bruby said this yesterday, the blues have to play their disciplined style of hockey to not let the officiating get to them. If there was one concern from Wednesday's game, it was the frustration and the verbal frustration from the players about the officiating. These guys weren't bothered by that at all last year. They were they were a rock in that sense. They figure whatever happens, happens. So the Blues got to play discipline. They got to let things not get to them and keep it
1: five on five, because if they do that, they will win this series. I do like uh, this text because this is a sports fan. You ready for this? Let's do it. Barbashev's baby... Has probably cost us better seating, possibly the cup. Alex, your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, from a technical sense, yes. Barbashev's baby
4: probably costed these guys a couple of games. But let's be honest here, Dan. Barbashev did this the perfect way a hockey player can right, of having a baby. He he had he had the baby planned out to where. It was going to come in August, right? A month before training camp. So he was off. He was in the off season. Can't blame him. And then you leave the month later. He did pandemic
1: camp. was supposed to happen.
4: Exactly. So look, uh, Ivan Barbashev. Yes, from a technical sense, uh, probably did cost the Blues a couple of games because look, <laughs> if you don't have Barbashev out there, Dan, you don't have a physical presence. You don't have a spark plug, as some of his teammates call him, and you don't have an identity on that fourth line. I mean, last uh, Wednesday's game, it. Was was de la rose who's played two games since february it was troy brower who has looked really good and mackenzie mckechran who's been in and out of the lineup they played six minutes together like the fourth line in the playoffs last year played around 13 14 average minutes on ice like that's the identity of this team and what happened was you lost a fourth line in the game against Vancouver so you're rolling two lines maybe three lines fatigue factor is going to set in so you can blame the baby all you want <laughs> i don't think i'm going to blame the baby no. but look barbashev is going to be very missed but he is from what i understand headed to the bubble or in the bubble today. So your four-day quarantine Mm. starts today. So you're looking at possibly game
1: five to have Barbership back on the ice. You just led me to my next question. So technically, game five, he could be back on there.
4: Yeah, so it's four-day quarantine and what Ruby said, he was expected to be back to the bubble or coming to the bubble on the 14th, which is today. So you figure between game two, you got game three on Sunday, which would be the third day. You got game four on Monday, which would be the fourth day. I doubt that he will get into that game because he will not have practice with the team. So you're looking at uh, possibly Wednesday, Game 5, the first
1: time you'll see Ivan Barbashev back. It's back-to-back Games 3 and Mm 4. So do you anticipate then Jake Allen getting one of those games?
4: If Bennington has another third period like he did Wednesday, then yes. But if if Bennington rebounds like we all know he can I don't see that happening Craig Berube has shown faith in Jordan Bennington Bennington has been a game changer for this team since he was called up last January so if Bennington goes back to the stone wall that we are used to with him and locks things down in the game tonight then I see them going with Bennington but Jake Allen has been strong and who knows what Jake Allen's future is going to be in St. Louis so you could see that but I don't I, in Benny in uh, Baruby's mindset and coaching style. I see Bennington all the way
1: through. So really, a key tonight is trying to close things out in that third period, isn't it?
4: It is. I mean, you've allowed nine goals in three, four games now in the third period, and you haven't scored one. And then on top of that, you didn't score anything against the Chicago Blackhawks at well or as well. So yeah, third period is going to be important. One, making sure you find that extra gear and closing things down and, and closing out those gaps in the neutral zone to disallow the uh, the offense from Vancouver and the speed to catch you but more so than anything it's finding that gear for yourself you got to keep the four check going you got to have the ability to roll four lines and stay out of the penalty box if you can do that and find ways to cycle the puck and find ways to just disrupt the chemistry of Vancouver in the third you'll find a goal and I feel like going into this one the players know that they've spoken about how it's been difficult in the past because you're only preparing to take on a team once and then you're off for three days and then it's another team. Now they're focusing on one team and they know who that is. They know how they play. They've seen them in Minnesota. They just experienced it live.
1: So my, my bet would be this third period tonight will be a very strong one from St. Louis. This may be a tough question to answer cart before the horse, but I'll, I'll throw it at you because a lot of fans are curious about this. So, why do the Blues need to get rid of nine million of salary cap to keep Angelo when he hits the cap for five or six now? Can you explain this to me? So, so basically, how do you keep? So Alex. how do you keep
4: Petrangelo? Yeah. Well, in terms of the question from the texter, you gotta you gotta get rid of nine mil because look, Petrangelo is an unrestricted free agent. Pandemic or not, uh, you know, even cap salary the cap. Yeah, the the salary cap is staying where it's been at eighty one point five million. I think so. The five or six million that he's at the cap hit now is going to look at about somewhere between seven or nine million next season when they re-sign him. Maybe it's for one year. Maybe it's for seven years. Maybe it's for a hometown discount. We don't know that factor right now but from what you're looking at around the NHL Petrangelo is an elite defenseman a top five in the NHL so he's going to command somewhere between seven and nine million so to keep Petrangelo you're going to have to find ways to shed salary and this is where Doug Armstrong is going to have to be the wizard that we all know he is you know you could see Jake Allen be gone because it's around three and a half four million I believe he makes and Husso's on a one-year contract next year he's done everything in the minors he's basically a backup goaltender now for you and you know Bennington's the guy. And then you look at some of the veterans. Could Tyler Bozak be gone, who's making somewhere between $5.5 million? That could be, but he's still under contract. You'd have to trade him. Does somebody want to take on his contract? You could buy out Steen, but you still have to pay that type of money, and it still is against your salary cap. So you're only saving about $3 million there. So, And let's not also forget, you got to resign Vince Dunn. He's a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at about $11 million, somewhere between 10 and $11 million that you still have to find a way under the salary cap so there could be two or three players on this roster that won't be back next year
1: great info um you're going to be busy this weekend it starts again this afternoon what time are you on the air 4 30
4: is our pregame show here on
1: 101 dan and uh then puck drops at 5 30 against these two teams awesome stuff thanks alex Dan, thanks buddy alex ferrario will be on the air at 4 30 on 101 espn
0: more of what you want to hear scoops with danny mack in podcast form on 101 espn
1: six five seven eight zero love the uh, segment there with alex tons of information that's from the three one four great job by alex also from the five seven three can you go over the roster again now at 28 sure um pitchers i got 15 pitchers now for the cardinals heading into their series tomorrow so we got henesis cabrera john gant alex reyes jake woodford tyler webb andrew miller Elledge has been added. Kamensky has been added. They'll be making their major league debut. Uh, Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, Kim, Ponce de Leon, Adam Wainwright. He'll get the start in game one tomorrow. Gallegos, Royal Ramirez, when he comes in, that'll be a major league debut as well. Uh, the catchers will be Andrew Kisner and Matt Weeters. Then when you look at position players, infielders would be Carpenter, Edmund, Goldschmidt Miller Schrock Wong Nagowski Nagowski would also be a major league debut the outfielders would be Bader Fowler O'Neill and Carlson so that adds up to your 28 Sanchez would be added for the uh, second game of the doubleheader. header so that would get you to 29 the second game would be a bullpen start and then on Sunday Dakota uh, Dakota Hudson scheduled to go on the game on Sunday and then another doubleheader would be on monday potentially then a uh, single game on tuesday double on on wednesday so you'd have some more roster moves to make potentially on those games so buckle up a lot of baseball coming up and also the crossover with ribs and bk next on 101 espn
0: More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN.
1: All right, we got the crossover. It's a weekend. Rivs and BK, they're coming up on 101 ESPN. We have Blues hockey coming up, 4.30 the pregame on 101 ESPN. No better guy to talk to than my man, Rivs.
0: You ready to go for game two? Yeah, I am. You know, I think that, uh, look, I, I left game one with a bad taste in my mouth just because of the way the Blues finished that off. And that's not Blues hockey. They know it the coach knows it we all know it as fans here in St. Louis like two periods is never how you finish a game you got to get that third period in so i'm excited because i've been here nothing but like this cheering and like they're ordering the rings in Vancouver and uh, i certainly want to i want to have a little bit of a sky dump on their parade okay what do you think about guys though just the uh, <laughs>
1: sky dump your beauty um what do you think though about guys just saying we're in a bubble we're sick of it and there's that human element of just eh, I'm done. I'm yeah. I'm serious, just I'm done. I, I it's
0: that I think part that's creeping where- it in. I think that's where the youth actually has an advantage because these young guys don't care, right? Like it's not really different from their everyday lives. Like when we were young, we couldn't wait for the games to be over so we'd get out and have a couple of cold beers and socialize and meet people and do that. These guys can't wait to get home and get on their video games, throw on the sweatpants and like challenge the other team of like Fortnite guys and do all this stuff. So it's really no different. Still have a couple beers. Still having a couple (laughs) beers for sure. But this bubble life hasn't been much different for them. Yeah. Whereas the older guys and guys who've been around a while, you've got the families, you got the girlfriends, you got kids, you've got other things you're into, things you do, and it's definitely a change of pace for them. All right. Uh, BK, are you ready to go with this show? Are you ready with the face mask
1: removed to tell me what's coming up on the program?
4: <laughs> I've never been more ready. Okay, good. We have I can Jim Callis coming up at 1130. He's a senior writer for MLB Pipeline. I want to hear from him about my guy, Dylan Carlson. Is finally on the big league roster. Dan, (laughs) I've been pounding the table for him to make the bigs. And he's finally here. So we're going to have a
1: celebration today on the show. Awesome. Ribs BK. Happy weekend, everybody. Coming up next.
0: You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. Scoops with Danny Mack. On 101 ESPN.